This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's going on, everybody? Justin Morgenstein with you here for an all-new edition of Phillies Today. Glad to be back with you on this Friday morning. Plenty of hot stove rumors swirling around already this offseason. Uh, one of the better times of the year for baseball as we approach the winter meetings. Uh, I'm going to try to touch on as many of the rumblings, reports, rumors that have come out over the past week or so. So whether it's free agency, trade candidates, again, I'm going to try to cover it all and see what makes sense for the Phillies and how this baseball team is going to handle this offseason. So let's get right into it. I'm going to start off here with the starting pitching situation for the Phillies, specifically on Aaron Nola as his free agency looms as well. So the more time that's been going on, the less and less I feel like Aaron Nola is going to be a Philly next year and beyond. I just don't have the belief right now that he's getting $200 million from this team just based on the reports that have come out and what we've heard from Dave Dombrowski. Uh, I just don't believe he's getting that type of money long term. The Cubs and the Cardinals have probably been the most connected teams with NOLA prior to this week, with both of those being contending teams that need starting pitching help. Uh, But a new team has come about, and that is the Atlanta Braves, as they are now in the picture for Aaron NOLA. John Morosi, MLB Network, reporting earlier this week, saying that the Braves are connected to NOLA and are likely to make a play for him. So (laughs) that would be interesting. You know what? It makes sense for the Braves. It really does. Uh, to go out there and get a potential top-end starter because, you know, first, they managed to sign all their position players for dirt cheap, which certainly helps. Like, you have this feeling that Alex Anthropoulos, their general manager, you know, puts a gun to some of these guys' heads as they're signing these contracts. As some of, Especially some of these guys' agents need to get fired or something. Like, between Acuna, Albies, Michael Harris, I'm sure there's some I'm missing. Uh, these guys are on dirt cheap contracts, which makes it you know, easier to spend on starting pitching, and other needs in the offseason. So that is working well for the Braves, and that'll be certainly a factor. But you know, we saw in the postseason that they had some rotation issues uh, in terms of depth after Spencer Strider and Max Freed. So a top three of Spencer Strider, Freed, Nola, with Charlie Morton looming behind them, you know, it would not be great to have in the division. But it would just be so weird to see Aaron Nola in a Braves uniform. And you know, I don't think he's turning them into – the Golden State Warriors of 2018 with Kevin Durant or anything like that, but that would be a real issue within the division. So just please, Aaron, go somewhere else. Don't go to the Braves. Don't go to the Mets. Like, if you want to go to the Cardinals or Cubs, fine. I get it. You're, you Go get your money. I understand. But please, I, I just don't need you in the division. Like, I'm not scared of the Braves and Aaron Nola, but it would just be annoying. We don't need that. We do not need that. So that is what's going on with Nola and the Braves. So that is definitely something – uh, to monitor as the as the offseason goes on because you know, it's certainly a team that should be in play for him just considering what their roster looks like and what they need going to next year. And plus, his wife is from Georgia, I believe, which we know that's a factor considering Zach Wheeler's wife, 
who's from Jersey, I believe, is a big reason why he signed here with the Phillies because of where she's from. Uh, so if they end up losing Aaron Nola, this team's going to need a top-end starter immediately, and that will become the priority, as Dave Dombrowski uh, has outlined in his press conferences so far this offseason. A top-end starter is a major priority for the Phillies. And I think I have that potential replacement. And this idea is being brought up more and more locally and nationally as well. Someone who wasn't really connected with the Phillies to start, but has started to kind of, you know, come about in some rumors in relation to the Phillies. And I think it would be a great fit. And that is Yoshinobu Yamamoto from Japan. I think it would be a really, really cool signing for the Phillies. He's 25 years old, has gotten every possible accolade you could ever receive in Japan including being an MVP of the league. He's a pitching triple crown winner. Just threw like 125 pitches in the team's championship game, which they won, which I think could be his best attribute. And ultimately, his durability would be something that really intrigues me if I'm Dave Dabrowski, John Middleton in this front office. Uh, Again, you'll love the innings that he throws. He is a really durable pitcher post every start. He's going to have a really, he has a really enticing pitch mix. That features a pretty versatile repertoire, which I think will play well in the majors. Uh, mid-90s fastball, but uh, the breaking stuff is what really makes him stand out. Has a nasty splitter. Like, we saw Kodai Sanga with the ghost fork with the Mets last year. I think this guy's splitter could be a put-away pitch similar to that. Just real nasty bite on it. A ton of vertical movement, and I think it could really work well in Major League Baseball. And he's a curve slider as well. Has developed a two-seam uh, in addition to that, but... Again, that splitter is something I've been really impressed with from what I've read and the little film that I've watched on him. I'm definitely going to watch more soon, but uh, I really like the idea of Yamamoto, and uh, I think he could have a legitimate, legitimate chance of being a really good starter in this league for a long time. He may end up commanding over $25 million a year, uh, like Aaron Nola, but if you're losing Nola, getting a younger guy who can still post the type of innings that Nola did and can be relied on to give you, you know, six-ish innings every outing is a pretty ideal scenario there. So I would definitely be in on Yamamoto. I know it hasn't been brought up a ton before this week. A couple of reports coming out that the Phillies have done their homework on him. They are doing their due diligence. So that is something to monitor there. Uh, but there are plenty of teams uh, that are in on him for sure. And uh, But he'd be a great fit here. So you know, let's make him a fill. Why not? But uh, let's get to the other big-name free agent. I know we've talked about him a little bit in the past few pods, but Blake Snell. I'm staying put on my Blake Snell take here because I simply don't love the idea of signing him to a massive deal for a couple reasons. I've said this before, but to me, he's just not eating enough innings, and he's not durable like Aaron Nola or Yamamoto. Uh, Nola's pitched almost 150 more innings since the start of 21 than Blake Snell. I know Snell just won the Cy Young. I just think the walk rate... Runners on base, it's not going to play well long term. And if you're signing him off a season in which he signed, in which he won the Cy Young, where his value is as high as ever, it just feels like it would be very difficult for him to live up to that deal that he gets and consistently play to the level of a $25 million player like he's going to get. So we will see what happens there. But I know the Giants are in the mix as well, so I'd be really surprised if the Phillies ended up with him. But at this point, I feel like I've honestly just – I not talk crap on him, but just have put cold water on the idea so much of Blake's now that typically for me, I end up jinxing him into being a Philly. But uh, so that might come back to bite me, but we'll see. He's a great pitcher. He's been really good throughout his career, but I just think there are better fits for this baseball team based on what they're losing if Aaron Nola 
becomes a Brave, a Cardinal, a Cub, whatever. Not on the Phillies. So that is where I'm at with Snell. And the other free agent name that the Phillies continue to be connected to is Sonny Gray. And there are definitely still some Sonny Gray rumors out there regarding the Phillies. But uh, I'd be really surprised if they brought him here simply as a replacement of Aaron Nola. Uh, And they didn't make an additional signing or trade after that because I don't think it bolsters the rotation enough by simply replacing Aaron Nola with Sonny Gray. Uh, I will say that people are talking about this big market thing. Like, he pitched for the Yankees in 18 after getting traded over there and was not great, didn't have a lot of success. But I'm not putting too much stock into that. I think that he's had two really good seasons over the past couple of years, uh, put up Cy Young caliber numbers this year. And I just, I'm not giving him anything super long-term, but maybe something short-term with a higher AAV would be kind of interesting just considering you have to wait another year for Andrew Painter and having that depth in the rotation with Gray plus another guy who you trade for or sign would not be a terrible thing going into next year. Um, but I will say, talking about the trades for a second there, in terms of trading for a starting pitcher, I think there are two guys who I'm kind of down to or would prefer that have kind of just been in the trade rumor mill that I would want as Philadelphia Phillies. And that is Corbin Burns and Dylan Cease. I think those would be the two guys that would really, really intrigue me this offseason. Burns, you know you're going to have to give up a lot. Probably Abel, probably Crawford, maybe Rojas, or another decent prospect other than Abel and Crawford uh, for a one-year deal. But you know what you're getting with Corbin Burns. If you want their, if you want a legitimate Cy Young candidate to pair with Zach Wheeler to be maybe the most dynamic one-two punch in the league, you go get Corbin Burns. Uh, he has just been consistently consistently great for that Milwaukee Brewer franchise throughout his career. Always at the top of the Cy Young voting. Uh, Stole it from Wheeler. Uh, I think it was 2021, which I thought Zach Wheeler should have won. But nevertheless, he is a just high-velocity, nasty stuff pitcher, and he would just be great in a Phillies uniform. And him and Zach Wheeler, that would be an absolutely daunting one, too, for any opponent. So would love the idea of Corbin Burns. I know it's going to take a prospect haul, but – you know, the window is right now, and you're going to have to find a way to get back to the position you were in last year, and that is with a chance to go to the World Series. Uh, you know, don't blow game six and seven this time, but, yeah, still not over it. Anyway, uh, with Dylan Cease, I find Dylan Cease pretty intriguing because it kind of just feels like the perfect buy-low scenario for this team right now where he has really good stuff, has velocity, has the incredible year in 2022. I believe he finished second in the Cy Young campaign. And despite his struggles last year, I think you get him here with Caleb Cotham, with this staff, and you get him out of the dysfunctional organization that is the Chicago White Sox. They've become one of the worst organizations in the sport over the past few years. But uh, I think he could unlock what he found a few years ago. Um, And it's almost similar to what happened with Zach Wheeler when he came over from the Mets. He was just really inconsistent, but the stuff was there. You knew that he had a real... You know, power arm that could potentially you know be a staple in your rotation for years to come. So if you have a chance to buy low on a Dylan Cease deal with the Chicago White Sox, again, he has two years remaining on his deal, so it's not even like he's a free agent next year. You have that extra year on his deal. I think it would be a really good move by Dave Dombrowski and this front office. So definitely something to consider as this offseason rolls along. Uh, so that's where I'm at with the starters. But quickly some bullpen notes. I wanted to go over. John Morosi also said Josh Hader was connected to the Phillies. 
Uh, it called him a strong candidate uh, to sign with them potentially, which uh, makes sense considering they really need to share up the back of this bullpen. Uh, the depth of the bullpen I don't think is an issue at all, but you would love, or at least I would, love to have a bona fide closer in this bullpen. I know the baseball nerds and you know everybody who you know, talks about the modern game, that's not exactly how it works anymore. It's more clo- a lot more closer by committee around the league. But I think that the Phillies having that guy in the back of their bullpen that they can go to each and every time and feel confident in, I think it'll be a world of difference next year. And you can allow you know the Alvarados of the world, the Kirk Rings of the world, Strom, Sir Anthony, Hoffman, all these guys to get those high leverage situations and not have to worry about, oh, am I closing tonight? Uh, am I coming in the eighth? Am I coming in a big situation against the lefty in the fifth inning? I think it would kind of establish roles a little better. And I think that's something that's important uh, for a lot of these guys, especially mentally. So that is where I'm kind of at with the bullpen. And uh, I know uh, I would haters out there, and he's probably the top bullpen arm. Would definitely not mind uh, making a trade either for one of the closers potentially on the market this offseason, whether it's David Bednar, uh, maybe Alexis Diaz, someone like that. But uh, that would be what I would do because I, I would really prefer – them have someone in the back of that bullpen closing all the games this year instead of, you know, the closer by committee that obviously you know, did not work towards the end of the season with Craig Kimbrell still going out there for high leverage spots and high le- and uh, saves as well. So that is where I'm at with the bullpen. I want to get into the position player stuff now. I think they're mostly set with this lineup, but you know they're going to have to address left field now because you have Rojas potentially not being on the opening day roster. Dave Dombrowski said in his uh, post-playoff you know, exit press conference that uh, they're going to evaluate Rojas this offseason. They're going to try to get him better, try to get his bat better, and that might include him not being on the opening day roster in 2024. So they got to figure out left field because you would assume Marsh moves back to center. Then you've Casty in right with Schwarber DHing. So the big name that's being mentioned. Let's not get around it. Mike Trout. Uh, is you know, going trout fishing. That's what's being dropped all around WIP, all around the Philadelphia area. And again, I'm going to preface my opinion here by saying that if I see a tweet come across my Twitter timeline that says the Phillies have acquired Mike Trout, I- I'm obviously going to be excited. So know that first. But if I'm giving up any legitimate, and a lot of it has to do with the money too, how much you take, how much the Angels keep and they take on. But if I'm giving up any legitimate prospect haul, in a trade this offseason, it's going to be for a starting pitcher. It's not going to be for Mike Trout. And if I had my choice, honestly, of a position player to trade for, it wouldn't even be Mike Trout. It would be Juan Soto. I know there's only a year left on his contract. I still just worry a little bit with Trout's injury history. I know the ham ate bone last year. It's a little bit of a flukier injury, and you know it's easy to recover from that. But he's had back stuff in his career. He's had leg stuff. And those are the type of injuries that linger as the career goes on, especially as you get older. So with Soto, he's so young. He's in the prime of his career. And I also think he would be a real good candidate to sign back here once that one-year deal or once that last year of his deal is up. And he has familiarity uh, with Bryce, with Trey, with Kevin Long. So I'd be very in on Juan Soto. Do not care. Again, do not care if he is not a great left fielder. Uh, don't care that this lineup could probably use a right-handed bat more. He is one of the most talented hitters of this generation, and I think he'd be absolutely awesome for this city, awesome for this ball club. Uh, and he's just, he's Juan Soto. He's one of the best players in the game. So we love Juan Soto. 
if I see Mike Trout gets traded here, yeah, I would be excited also. Obviously, might end up having to give up a lot, but we'll see. He would be great to throw into that lineup. Perfect right-handed power. So we'll monitor what goes on in the trade market there. Uh, but the free agency pool in terms of pop and left field, yeah, isn't as strong as this. You know, these trade candidates are, but. Uh, they're going to be in the market for an outfielder, you would think. Uh, Bellinger, probably the top guy. He's, I think he's going to the Yankees. Uh, and they won't, the Phillies won't be looking to spend that much anyway. I think he's going to get a massive uh, multi-year deal. So would not be uh, expecting Bellinger. But a couple names, I've mentioned them before. Jorge Soler, Teoscar Hernandez. I'd be okay with them. Uh, probably would prefer Soler slightly just because he's a little less swing and miss. But both of them have big-time swing and miss tendencies for sure. Uh, they're going to have to get some right-handed power, though, and that would be a good supply of it, uh, especially now that Reese Hoskins uh, will no longer be with the club, it looks like. So uh, those are a couple names, but a couple others I would keep an eye on, could be sleepers, and uh, could see the Phillies potentially making a play for them would be uh, Lourdes Gurriel. We saw him with the Diamondbacks, uh, had kind of a breakout year this year after getting traded to Arizona from the Blue Jays. And uh, on the veteran side, Michael Brantley from the Astros, potentially. Uh, I know he's getting older. I know he suffered some injuries as well. And I know he's a left-handed batter, but he just hits, man. He has been one of the most consistent hitters, it feels, in baseball since he's you know, was with Cleveland and then to the Astros. And he's a proven winner as well. He's played at the highest level repeatedly and uh, is a guy that I would certainly trust in a big spot, especially off the bench, potentially, in a postseason. Uh, so that is where I'm at with those guys. But, oh, something I wanted to touch on that I didn't have a chance to get to last week is Nick Castellanos and those rumors that went around late last week with him possibly getting dealt this offseason. And then the report, I think Buster Olney coming out that now they're not actually looking to trade Castellanos unless it's for another big contract. Maybe could work in a trout trade, but I'm not sure why the Angels would do that. Uh, I don't really see a benefit of them getting off Castellanos considering they're probably going to have to attach a prospect with him to get any sort of real value. It kind of feels like once that report came out, uh, they found out what they would get in return for Castellanos. They probably weren't thrilled just considering a team is going to want a little, you know, either a prospect or money uh, taken on by the organization if they're going to get rid of Castellanos. But uh, I think just given all those circumstances, it is probably best for him to come back to the team and for the team to have him back. Uh, he's going to be back towards the bottom of the lineup next year anyway. And if I'm getting such little value for him, like I probably just keep him at this point. Presence in the clubhouse is still great. The big leader on this team, we saw it this year. And uh, I think him being gone could you know, potentially shake up some of that chemistry that has been created over the past few seasons. Obviously, his teammates love him. So that is where I'm kind of at with Cassidy. I don't think he ends up getting dealt, but maybe in the right deal, uh, where the money matches up, maybe he gets traded, but I would definitely be surprised. Uh, I would definitely think that he is on the opening day roster next year, batting you know, towards the bottom of that lineup. So that is what I want to mention with Castellanos there. Speaking of contracts, uh, I'd really like to get off one contract this offseason that is not Nick Castellanos, and that is Taiwan Walker. Uh, Taiwan Walker is owed $18 million over the next three years, which is, uh, you know, not great. It's not great. Uh, I thought that Taiwan Walker potentially had the most empty 15 wins of any pitcher in the history of baseball this year. Like, 
just one of the most inconsistent guys I think I've seen in the Phillies uniform make starts for them. He just, like, it was inning to inning. You never knew what you were going to get. It was first inning. I felt like they were down 3 nothing every time he started, but somehow they put up enough runs to where they'd get a win with him on the mound. And, hey, there's a reason why yeah, he couldn't come out of the bullpen in the postseason, wasn't good enough to start in the postseason. Uh, and I think that kind of wrapped a bow on what Taiwan Walker's season was, which was just he was unreliable in big spots, and he kind of just couldn't depend on them when you needed him. So uh, in my perfect world, he is not in the rotation next year, uh, especially with the emergence of Christopher Sanchez. I think that if you can bring two pitchers in, one of them you know, possibly being Nola, possibly not, uh, I like the idea of having Ranger as your four and Sanchez as your five. There is such a need for starting pitching in this league. I think if you find the right team with another potential bad deal that they're looking to get off of, that would be something worth exploring because, again, I just those 15 wins where I, I, people call into the station all the time and they're like, oh, well, Taiwan Walker, he had 15 wins. Why didn't he pitch in the postseason? Like, stop. What are we doing? Like, Taiwan Walker was objectively bad throughout the course of the regular season. I know he had a good month of June, but, you know, that's about it. And I, I'll tell you what, if you can get Ranger Suarez and Christopher Sanchez, your four or five, I think it could be one of the best and most deep rotations in baseball, I would say my ideal starting five or my ideal rotation for next year, the five would be Wheeler, either one of Burns or Dylan Cease, then either Sonny Gray or another maybe lower level free agent that we could, you know, potentially sign here on a on a lower AAV deal than Gray, and then Ranger Sanchez. I just think that if you're able to push Ranger down a little bit, it's going to really help the depth of this rotation. And uh, it becomes one that, you know, you, you don't have to worry about your fourth starter in the playoffs. You can obviously depend on Ranger in a big game because we've seen that he is able to come through in those type of environments time and time again. So uh, to put a bow on all this offseason stuff, given what this free agency market has been like, I really do expect the Phillies to be active in the trade market. Is it necessarily going to be for Mike Trout? No. Is it necessarily going to be for Juan Soto? I don't think so either. But I would be, I'm going to say I'd be surprised if this team didn't trade for a starting pitcher. It really feels like they're losing Aaron Nola. Like, again, might he resign here? Might, like, someone offer him eight years, $210 million, and the Phillies match it? Maybe. But for what this team needs, it's a starting pitcher that's under team control for the next one to two years at least. And then you have to find a way to fill that left field spot, whether it's via trade, Mike Trout, Juan Soto, or via free agency, because I do not think that Johan Rojas will start the year on the major league roster. I think that they want him to improve that bat and getting consistent at bats in AAA could do that. I could see him coming up very shortly into the season. Maybe he even starts on you know the bench, but I think that getting him, in the minor leagues would be very beneficial to start the year. Uh, I still believe in Johan Rojas. I think he can be a really good ML, uh, Major League Baseball player. But there is a chance that he does get traded in one of these deals. And we'll see because he proved that he can be a very valuable asset to a team. But at the same time, the bat clearly needs work. And that's why I think the Phillies will have a new left fielder next year on opening day. Brandon Marshall will be in center. You'll have Schwarber DHing again because I think the Schwarber experiment in left field is officially over. And, uh, yeah, I think that's how this whole thing will kind of shake out. Expect them to either sign a left fielder uh, or trade for one, whether it's 
Trout, Soto, or a lower end left fielder, or they sign uh, one of those guys I mentioned, like Soler uh, or Teoscar Hernandez, someone of that ilk. But we'll see. Um, anyway, so that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Phillies Today. As always, really appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, we'll keep pumping these out as the offseason goes along. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk next time. For Phillies 24-7, I am Justin Morgenstein, and we'll talk soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.